on? Did I just say, are we on, on air? <laughs> yeah, I think we're on. I was just checking the text messages and suddenly everything went quiet and, and was like, ooh. ooh, ooh <laughs> and I had a face full of wheat bigs. Because it's the breakfast show. We did the breakfast uh-huh. show the way. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah, we've had, some, uh, we've had some great messages come through for David Haupt, um, who's um, heading in for surgery. If you'd like to send it through your uh, encouragement for David, we would love to pass it on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you're facing you know, this level of surgery, this level of pain and discomfort, that will probably be around for a couple of months. Yeah. Um, you need all the encouragement that you can get. And I just want to think, I want, I want you to think of just how much David has contributed to our breakfast show. Absolutely. Now's your opportunity. Uh, shoot him a message. You can shoot it here. We'll pass it on 0491 uh, Send David a text message and just let him know that you're going to be praying for him and to wish him God's blessings. I know that this is going to be really encouraging for him at yeah, this time. Yeah, more prayer, more power. Absolutely. And even today's, <clears throat> excuse me, the segment he did today was really great. I just I loved learning about the the different stages of um, change, like the progress. I mean, I, I think I remember learning about it during some work training one time, but I remember like the four different stages, the incompetent, unconscious. Actually, do you know what a great analogy is? When you like driving a car, when you learn how to drive a car, when you're a kid, you don't know that you don't know how to drive a car, right? So you're incompetent, unconscious, but then you step up when you like want to learn how to car, you realize you don't know how to drive a car. And then suddenly you're consciously incompetent. But then the next step up is when you're practicing and stuff and, um, and you become competent, like you can drive the car, but you have to pay attention. Like you're like, gears now, clutch now, turn signal, you know, windscreen wipers. And so you're consciously Competent. Miss that cow, drive through that gate. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, don't back into the garage. <laughs> um, but then eventually we get to the stage where all of us with licenses get where you can you can drive from A to B and you get your to brain B doesn't and, even you, think and you're about like, it. how did I just do that? Don't remember anything. And then you're unconsciously competent. So yeah, those four stages. Like I'm so glad he 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 went. Through yeah, it was that. really good. It was really yeah, interesting. It was really good. David is a, is a. a a really great contributor to the Faith FM um, family. Yeah, and we've got some text messages coming through uh, here from people for David uh, to to give him some encouragement and to let him know that you're praying for him. We want everybody praying for him and we want everybody to send him a text message of encouragement. So please do that. Uh, we will pass all of those on to David. Our number is 0491 Mon, what's our 400-point question? What boy destined to become king at age eight had his birth foretold by a man of God to the wicked king Jeroboam? Okay. Mm, what a boy? A prophecy given to a wicked king. Yeah, from a man of God. So what boy destined to become king at age eight had his birth foretold by a man of God to the wicked king Jeroboam? If you know the answer, the number to call is? 0491064669. Didn't catch me out that time, Lyle. And there'll be something from the bargain book box that will be coming your direction. All right, going to uh, text messages. Other than the ones that are coming through for David Haupt, let's just have a look. We do have a number of them here. Uh, treasure hunting. I wonder how many amazing treasures are hidden around the world. Oh, by the way, the, mm. ring, the ring found belongs to my family. Oh, really? I just can't prove it. <laughs> I was going to say, let's see you prove that. <laughs> no, that's, what, that's what the person sending the text message says. <laughs> I was sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, cooking oil for planes, um, for planes engines, anyone for French fries? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just divert a little bit of that. When the, the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the, the, the galley's running a bit low, so let's just divert a bit of that out of the fuel tank. <laughs> Maybe you can have a, tank, a, a tap coming in from the fuel tank. 
<laughs> Maybe just like have a little a little porthole so you can like put the chips straight in the fuel yeah. tank, <laughs> cook them in there, and then pull them back yep. out. <laughs> Save a bit of energy. Okay, the red sari. That's great. Good news story uh, with a happy ending. The lady saved a bunch of people from death or injury. We can only imagine the consequences if she didn't act. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, on the Northern Territory Equality Agenda. It's, in fact, an agenda for the destruction of the people who they claim to help. Mm. What a joke. Unfortunately, it's not a funny one. Exactly. Master of Arts and Happiness, $17,000. The only ones that will be really happy is the college. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they figured out how they're going to get happy. (laughs) Uh, Blocked Religious School in Massachusetts. Um, Real Life Learning Centre, that is to be expected. The American Constitution has been weakened daily. Soon it will be placed in the rubbish bin of history. Then total destruction will happen. The Supreme Court judges will make sure of that. Mm. Uh, So those are some of the things that you had to say this morning. If you would like to uh, have more to say, then please send your messages right through here to 0491064669 on The Breakfast Show. But right now we're going to go to our Bible study. We're in the book of Genesis. And so we're going to head over to the book of Genesis right now uh, where we have been working our way through the story of the serpent. Ugh. Okay, I was, wondering, I, was wondering, I was wondering what kind of a response I might Ugh. get from... No, actually, I knew what response I'd get from Mon. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for, like, saving the animals and that kind of stuff, but there's a couple of species, if they went extinct, I would not be shedding a tear, and snakes is one of them. <laughs> In fact, almost all reptiles. Really? Not even lizards? Nah, don't like them. Not even like those um, little skinks? Nah. Like happy little skinks? I'm not, I don't freak out when I see them. And like I think some geckos are kind of cool momentarily, but I do not wish to engage with them Geckos are cute. Come on. They can have a a, a little bit of a cute pass, but I don't want to engage with them at all. Like don't bring a gecko near me. Blue tongues? Absolutely not. <laughs> Blue Absolutely are the freakiest not. lizards ever. Like I don't, I don't just not like reptiles. I also have like prejudices against people who do like them. So, oh, yeah. oh, really? I've, I've had, I've had lengthy discussions with my girlfriends about this. My single girlfriends, you know, when we talk about boys, and like for me, honestly, if I met a dude and he was really nice and lovely and handsome, if he had a pet snake, he would absolutely be off my list. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you and your pet snake gotta go. All right. So if you have a pet snake this morning, you need not call zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You cannot have my hand in marriage. <laughs> it's me or the snake. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fair enough. I'm like that yeah. with cats. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a deal breaker. You can think your wife is, is okay with hating cats. Yes. But you know what? My my father, because like I, you know, my dad knows that I hate snakes and it gives me the heebie-jeebies whenever I think about them. And he used to tell me as a little girl that that is a universal reaction and that it started in Genesis. It's an interesting, it's an interesting observation. I find that the reaction against snakes is more – it's not universal – but it's more universal than any other species of animal. You know, right. Because there's, there's people that, you know, because, I mean, I'm never going to have that kind of a reaction with a cat. I just don't like their personality. Yeah. Maybe, maybe um, P.S. we should say global instead of universal. Okay. <laughs> you never globally. know. You never know. But 
I find that there are very few people. I find there are more people that are okay with spiders than there are with snakes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't like spiders either, but I totally agree with them because, like, if there was a spider, let's say, up in that corner right now, it's probably minding its own business. It's small. I feel like I could get away quite easily. I could kill it quite easily. If a, even if a spider attacked me, I'd be like, dude, like I'll just get my shoe, hang tight, and then you're dead. But with a snake, if a snake came at me, like those things are wily and they're fast, and I, I don't know, yeah. So I, a spider up in the corner, you would be like, nah, I don't like you being there. But a snake under the desk, you'd be gone out of the room. You'd never get me back in this chair. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, my faith in them days are done, done, done. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be throwing Molokov cocktails through the window, burning the office down. down. There's nothing for it now. <laughs> but like with, with spiders, there's multiple ways to kill it. you got spray, you got a shoe, you just call a dude. Like, yeah. There are all of those things available for snakes. There's a spray for snakes, Lyle. You got like some snake spray, um, some Mortine a la Snakey. <laughs> what? Well, if it was legal in Australia, you could use pepper spray. I'd be interested to see how that worked. Yeah, actually, uh, mm. I imagine it would work. Yeah, but maybe like some anti bear repellent or something. But there is multiple ways of dispatch. No, we don't dispatch. dispatch we snake. don't dispatch snakes. Which you know that's more illegal. About. No, yeah. that's illegal. We don't do that. <laughs> Moving right along, <laughs> changing the subject. All right, let's go to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 and find out what happens to the snake. And I will cause hospitality. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely opposite of hospitality. Let me try that again. I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Okay, so this is where God begins his judgment and he's going to hand judgment. There are three, three beings involved here. In the fall of man, there is the snake, there is the woman, there is the man. Why does God begin with the snake? Because he's the the cause of it. He's the root of the problem. That's where it starts. He's the instigator. And so that's where God starts. And so God, uh, you know, begins, you know, the snake's the one who initiated Mm. the whole drama. And God begins with in his judgment in speaking about the serpent. Okay, the other thing that's interesting here is where the curses land. And uh, the snake, of course, he receives a curse right on his own head. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so let's read that again and uh, notice the curse that it relates to the serpent. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Okay, and so um, you, will, you, you find here what happens, what, what happens to the woman and what happens to the serpent. Uh, so the, the woman, like they both have hostility between them, but the, the snake gets struck, st- striked on the head, stricken. Yep. Yeah, stricken on the head, and the snake gets uh, the the human gets stricken on their heel. The and which would you rather have a oh, head wound or a heel wound? Definitely a heel wound. I mean, apparently they're painful, but I'd definitely go a heel wound because I feel like I could survive that easier. Yes. Yeah. Whereas a head wound is typically something we think of as being fatal. Um, yeah. Yeah, because you can like just get your foot amputated if worse came to worse, but getting your head amputated might be a bit difficult. We actually missed out verse 14. We need to go back and consider verse 14. So let's read verse 14. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You'll crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. This is what my dad was referring to. 
Because mm. it says you're cursed more than all animals. And I feel like snakes are probably hated more than all animals. And it's interesting, you know, even my friends, I've got some very good friends that absolutely love snakes. Yeah. And they, you know, have, you know, snakes and pet snakes in their tanks and all that kind of stuff in their home. And they think they're the most amazing thing ever. But their fascination with snakes is very different to the relationship that you have with a dog. Oh, absolutely. Or I'm going to have to trying not to say this, but (laughs) all the relationship that you have with a cat. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a very, very different kind of a relationship. Yeah. And it's never going to be the same. And and everybody will universally recognise that. Yeah. Um, And even if you have an odd pet, like a pet cow, Mm -hmm. your relationship with that pet is going to be very different from the relationship that you have with a snake. Yeah, very much so. Um, and you know when you spend like when you fall down those rabbit holes on YouTube watching animal videos and you see the love that animals exhibit towards their owners, like even you can even watch videos where people have trained fish and the fish will like sw- swim back into the person's hand, the person will chuck it and it'll come back and swim back into the hand. They go round and round and round. It loves being in its owner's hand. I've never seen a snake video where a snake comes for affection to its owner. For affection. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, it's an interesting thought, um, and 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 maybe there's somebody out there who've got lots of listeners. So uh, on YouTube somewhere, let us know. If you, do you, do you know of a affectionate YouTube, snake? <laughs> a YouTube evidence of an affectionate snake, a snake that actually shows affection. Yeah, and and so often we hear these stories about you know people that keep large pythons, and then the python is you know they think that their python is is their best friend, and they mm-hmm. feed it all the time, and they provide for it, and then sometime it tries to strangle them or something. Yeah, like. yeah. And it's like what's going on there? There's something. Very, very it's a different. one-sided relationship. That's what's going on. It's unrequited love. I'm sorry, but yeah, the and snake is. And that is what science does indicate. Is yeah. that uh, it's a one-sided relationship, and you know that doesn't mean that you can't really enjoy having a right. collection of snakes and right. and, and, and and really um, you know gain a lot of fulfilment about mm-hmm. having you know as a result of having them as pets. Just don't fool yourself thinking that your snake likes you back. I think that's the lesson. Yeah, I think that's the lesson. Um, yeah, maybe, do you think it comes from to... this, from verse fourteen? Do you think that's where it comes from? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Cursed, cursed animals, cursed pets is what they are. <laughs> All right. So what we've got taking place here is really a reversal of creation, because creation is all about giving life. That's interesting. Yeah. And all the way down through your days of creation, God is either creating something to provide for life or to give life, to impart life. Here, for the very first time, God says, well, actually, there's going to be some bruising going on, bruising of heels, bruising of heads. In other words, there's going to be some death as a result of this. And, you know, what's interesting is that God said, you should not touch the uh, tree of the knowledge of good and evil unless you die. And so the sentence of death has come upon Adam and Eve. But when Satan brings that to that, brings sin to this world, the sentence of death comes upon him as well. Mm. He's brought that upon himself. And it's kind of like one of those situations where you wonder, you know, why do you do something that hurts yourself so badly? And surely nothing could be a clearer uh, illustration of the nature of sin. Sin drives us to do things that hurt us. And how many times do we go back and back and back and back into sin and every single time we go there, it hurts us and is damaging to us and yet we go back. I also think there's an element of... Which, which, let me just finish yeah. this for a second. Which, which shows what has happened to Satan because his fall has taken place in heaven. He now has a sinful nature. 
And he is now doing things that hurt himself. I also think there's a vengeful aspect to this. I'm sure he didn't just um, do it because he was, you know, going to hurt himself, but also because he wanted to get back at God and he knew that it would hurt God to see God's creations fall. It's a, it's, it's a twisted kind of... He's cutting off his nose to spite his face. It's, it's, it's very twisted when you are going to hurt other innocent people so that you can hurt somebody else. Right. You know, we look at we look at this happening in, say, for instance, custody disputes and so forth mm. where you will get parents who will murder the children so that they can hurt the ex. Yeah, yeah. The it's a very, born. very twisted mind mm. that does that. Yeah, and this is where it originates. It's exactly what Satan is doing. Yeah, yeah. Adam and Eve are new, they're fresh, they're innocent, and Satan decides to destroy them so that he can cause pain to God. Mm-hmm. And when we see human beings that do that in a, in a, in a custody dispute, what it is is it, it is it is a perfect playing out of the character of Satan and the, what he did right at the beginning in the Garden of Eden. What we see playing out is the beginning of our world, mm, yeah. the beginning of our world of sin. Yeah. Sorry, you were going to say something. No, I... that's what I was going to say. Like he was getting back at God, and like he was trying to hurt God through Adam and Eve. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's uh, compare a few verses here. So we've got Genesis chapter three and verse. Let's go over to Romans chapter sixteen and verse twenty. Romans chapter sixteen and verse twenty, and see what the Bible says over here. Then we're going to look at Hebrews. Then we're going to look at Revelation. Uh, we've got a few different passages here that we're going to look at in relationship to this particular statement. Romans 16, verse 20, all the way at the end of the book of Romans. Just double-checking I'm in the right chapter. Okay, this God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Okay, now let's think about this 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 passage here in, in the context of what Paul has said in Romans because, you know, God has said, don't touch this tree or you will die. Mm-hmm. And the moment they touched that tree, they came under the condemnation of death and they lost their immortality. We have in uh, quite a number of countries here on this earth capital punishment where the law is don't do this or you will die. And, for instance, in the United States, in pretty much in any country that has capital punishment, you don't die straight away. There's, there's a period of time. In, in the US, it's going to probably take them 15 years before you actually go to the chair. Oh, really? Yes, on average about 15 years. Yeah, wow. Uh but what we have here, we have a similar thing situation here. But when God comes to them and says, you know, and, and they're standing there waiting for their sentence, you know, God has come to the garden like, where are you? As if he didn't know. And Adam's like, oh, we hid because we were naked. And God's like, who told you that? Have you eaten of the tree? It's like as if God didn't know. Mm. But you can imagine Adam and Eve coming out and they're wearing their fig leaves and feeling incredibly you know, ashamed at that particular point in time, and uh, but not just ashamed, they're now under the penalty of death. They know they're under the penalty of death and they know what to expect. And God turns around and before he says anything to Adam and Eve, he turns to the serpent and says, you will bruise the woman's heel and she will bruise your head. Mm. And right there... God has said, yes, this is going to be excruciatingly painful for you. Anybody who's broken their heel knows what that's like. I haven't, but I've heard stories. But this is going to be excruciatingly painful for Adam and Eve, but it's going to be lethal for Satan, and pain is 
different from death. You know, God could have said, okay, that's it. You guys are gone. I'm just going to, you know, nuke this world, start over again. Um, And that could be a very reasonable expectation for Adam and Eve. But God gives them hope. He doesn't leave them without hope. And so then you come over to Romans and Paul is, you know, he's totally hanging on this hope right here. Read that passage again. The peace of God, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Okay. It brings up the theme of grace and points out that Satan will be crushed under our feet. And so there is hope even in the midst of the penalty of sin, the penalty of death that comes on us because of sin. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's time for the big one, the 500-pointer. Oh, yes, our final question for our pentathlon quiz. It goes like this. What man, for whom a New Testament book is named, travelled to Corinth to help pick up an offering for needy saints? What man, there's a New Testament book named after him, travelled to Corinth to help pick up an offering for needy saints? All right. If you know the answer, then give us a call or shoot us a text message, 0491064669. Or if you've got some thoughts about the Bible study you'd love to share, we would love to hear from you um, on that number again, 0491064669. So Sky's texted through and uh, she says, when Lyle said cats, I remember this and she sent me a little bit of a meme here with a very, very overweight cat, Mm. probably an obese cat. Where the, where the word says, I'm so out of shape that if someone yells, run for your life, I'll be like, you guys go ahead. I'm going to meet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It ties in on cool. what David was talking about as well. That cat needed to be following those four steps of change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, yes, indeed. All right, and of course, just a quick reminder, hey, guys, if uh, we had David helped on the show earlier, We'd love to send him some encouragement from you guys. So please shoot us a text message that we can pass on to David. Uh, he needs all the encouragement that he can get at this time. He needs all the love and support. He's going in for a very, very painful operation. Mm. Um, and it's just... And we want him back. We do want yeah. him back. Um, so, you know... We, more then, prayer, more power. It's, um, it's, a, it's, it's a very serious situation that David's in. So uh, please shoot him a text message. Please pray for him. Mm. But shoot him a text message. Those text messages, they actually mean a lot. Yeah, they really do. Encouragement does um, amazing things for a person's mental health, actually. So our number is? 0491. I was going to say, I'll say it slow. Oh, okay. I'll say it slow. 0491-064-669. Okay, so we're in Genesis chapter 3. Let's flick back over to verse 15 again. I want to pick out some key elements from verse 15. Uh, This is right at the beginning of the Bible. It's right at the beginning of the great controversy between Christ and Satan in relationship to this earth. Uh, So read that verse for us again, and I'm going to pick out a couple of key elements. So go for it. Genesis 3.15, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Okay, so there's a number of elements here. Uh, First of all, you have the serpent. Mm. You have... The woman, you have reference to her seed or her offspring, and you have reference to hostilities or warfare. Now I want to go to the absolute other end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 12. So we've gone from the beginning of the Bible now to the end of the Bible, and we're going to read Revelation chapter 12, 
Um, and Mon, if you could read for us verse 17, end of the chapter. Revelation twelve seventeen says this, <clears throat> And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain this testimony for Jesus. Okay, so is the, uh, is the serpent mentioned here? The, yeah. uh, it mentions a dragon. Yes, which we, if you compare that with verse, uh, what is it, verse 9, 10, the Bible says the dragon, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. Yeah, I mean, even just in like imagery, people draw yes. them. They look like a snake with wings and legs, yeah. Okay, so we've got the serpent here. What mm. about the woman? Is the woman mentioned here? Yeah, it says was angry uh, not just at the woman but also with the rest of her children. Okay, her offspring or her seed. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have the seed mentioned in Genesis chapter yep. three. So we've got the serpent, we've got the seed, uh, we've got the wo- sorry, we've got the serpent, we've got the woman, we've got the offspring of the woman. And what about hostility? Yeah, it's the, well, the dragon declared war. Da- dragon declares war. And so what you've got in Revelation chapter twelve is a repeat yeah. of Genesis chapter three. But there's a tremendous amount of hope in Revelation chapter 12 because now you've gone 6,000 years into the future and Satan still hasn't won. Ah, I was going to say there's hope in this, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, wow. You know, you would think Adam and Eve, they would be feeling so defeated standing there in the Garden of Eden, hearing the sentence being handed down and looking into the future and like, well, what does the future hold? You know, Mm. we're up against such a powerful adversary right here who has led us into sin. You know, how is humanity ever, how is this prophecy ever going to be fulfilled that the seed of the woman will bruise the serpent's head? And here in Revelation chapter 12, you go down 6,000 years into the future and the seed of the woman is still there. Mm. And the seed of the woman is still fighting. And God is still winning this battle, and there are still those who keep the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's a really powerful promise right there when you put it in the context you know, of Genesis chapter 3 because it's almost like it's a direct re- reference to Genesis 3.15. Yeah, all the players are there. All the same players, all the same events. Mm-hmm. But in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, you, you have this feeling like you know, of being kicked in the guts. Whereas in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17, you've got people who are about to see the return of Jesus Christ. You have the remnant. You have those that remain. And you can see how God's word has been faithful right down through history. And the knowledge of God, the worship of God has never left this world despite everything that Satan has thrown against it. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. Let's go to uh, um, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 and let's have a look at how is God actually able to... Uh, actually able to accomplish this. Hang on. Just trying to get to Hebrew note. Hebrews, what was it? Uh, that was Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. And, and, and while Mon's finding that, we're getting some more text messages coming through for David. Please keep sending those through. He needs your prayers and he needs your encouragement. This will mean a lot. It will have a powerful impact. 0491 is the number to send a text message of encouragement through to David. Hebrews 2.14, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Okay, so what does the Bible say that Jesus has done by dying? Uh, he's broken the power of the devil. He's broken the which power, is the power of, the devil, of death. Which is, absolutely. So mm-hmm. the devil brought death to our world. 
And that really is his power. And every time we are confronted with it, and, you know, we do get confronted with it, you know, altogether too often. Um, I'm, I'm doing a funeral this Monday mm-hmm. um, for somebody that, you know, I've known for probably 30 years and died altogether too young. And whenever it happens, you see the power of the devil. You see the power of death. But then you see that we're still here and we still have the opportunity to worship God and God still wants to be our friend in spite of our sin. He still wants to have that communion with us that he had in the Garden of Eden and he's created a plan and Jesus came to this earth and died so that we can have that. You know, if Jesus hadn't died, if he hadn't made that promise, that covenant right there in the Garden of Eden, we would not be here today. Humanity would not have continued to exist because if there was no plan of escape, once Adam and Eve had sinned and it had been acknowledged by God, then it would have been simply a a, a matter of, well, you know, uh, okay, God, they've sinned, let's kill them. And that's it. It's all over. It's done. But at that point where Satan is like, you know what, God, you said the wage of sin is death, so go ahead and kill these people. God steps in and goes, nah, kill me instead. Mm. You know, that's a really powerful thought for us to think about is that that's what Jesus did. Satan is standing there and saying, kill these people because they sinned. You said the wages of sin is death. Stand by your word. Jesus says, okay, I'll stand by my word. You kill me instead. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. About to have some answers for our quiz questions. Monica's going to bring them to you. Then we have question of the day. All right. Pentathlon quiz answers. The two words following Jesus' statement, I am the bread of life. <clears throat> the troublemaking religious leaders that were accusing Jesus of casting out demons by the prince of demons had their thoughts read by Jesus with the Pharisees. King Xerxes would hold out a golden scepter to show his favor to people that pleased him. The boy destined to become king at age eight, that was foretold um, by a man of God to the wicked king Jeroboam was Josiah. And um, the man who had a New Testament book named after him who travelled to Corinth to help pick up an offering for needy saints was Titus. Okay, there you go. There's the answers mm. to the quiz questions. How did you do? Did anybody get all five of them this morning? Let us know if you did. All right, let's uh, move on to... Question of the day. I love that jingle. Is that Lawson's voice doing that? Oh, it's not. I really thought That's Liam. Oh, okay. And sometimes some of his brothers, but that's Liam. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the question of the day today is actually a really great one. It's coming from Raphael. Thanks, Raphael, for sending this one in. Lie, ready for it? Yes. Why was the snake blamed if it had no choice in the matter if Satan used it? Or did it have a choice in the matter? Okay, this is a really good question because the reality is that Satan came in the form of a snake. He wasn't actually a snake. Right. And the reason that we know that is because only God has creative power. And so um, Satan can't actually create a snake and make himself a snake. He can, he can take the form of a snake, but he can't actually be a snake. So, for instance, when you know, Moses went before Pharaoh and threw down his rod, it became an actual literal snake because God was working and God has creative power. 
When the Egyptian magicians came in and replicated, they were not creating actual literal snakes. They were creating, through the power of Satan, something that looked like a snake. And so uh, there wasn't actually a snake used. So why blame the snake? I mean, you've got this curse there where the Bible says, you know, God turns around to the snake and says, you're cursed above all other animals and you will crawl on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. And we find that that's exactly what snakes do to this day. They crawl on their belly, they have no legs, um, and that's that's how they live. And so the, this raises a number of questions here. It's like, okay, why, why, why curse the snake? Why, what did the snake do wrong? Uh, the snake didn't do anything wrong. The reason that God has changed the form of the snake, now we don't have enough information in the Bible to tell us what the form of the snake was before the fall. Because it does mention it's got a crawl on its belly. That's right. Which means beforehand it wasn't crawling on its belly. Mm. Exactly. It very clearly wasn't crawling on its belly before the fall. Uh, What is interesting is that uh, pretty much universally the serpent is worshipped around the world by non-Christian religions, particularly if you go back into the past. And at at least about half of those religions, the snake has wings. Oh. Like where did they get that idea from? Mm. Well, Satan is an angel and angels have wings and Satan came in the form of a serpent. You know, There's some interesting connections there, but very clearly whenever you see a serpent or a snake from, you know, the ancient uh, past, from the religions of the past, you can see it is a direct reference to Genesis chapter 2 and 3 and and a testament to the Genesis story. So you're saying that that, that Satan sort of was like an illusionist and it just appeared. He was an illusionist. He appeared as a snake. That's exactly right. Now, God then curses the actual species. They had Mm -hmm. nothing to do with it. Mm Mm-hmm. And whatever form they had, whether they had wings or whatever form they had, uh, then... They were demoted. They were demoted, yeah. and we still find them you know, crawling on the ground through to this day. Why do that? Well, it's very symbolic. What you find is in nature, everything exists under the curse of sin. We are in autumn right now where leaves are going to die and fall off trees. That's an evidence of the curse of sin. Mm. You know, nature is full of evidence. Every single part of nature has been affected by the curse of sin. And the snake, it seems, was the first creature to be affected by the curse of sin. And uh, what that does is it tells us a number of things. Every time you tell, well, every time you see a snake and see that it's crawling on its belly, and unlike most creatures, has no legs um, or limbs or anything like that, it is a reminder of the fall. Um, and it's also a reminder of Satan's destruction. And so God is very strong in using symbols to communicate uh, lessons to us and to remind us of things. And so the Sabbath is something to come you know, once a week to remind us that God is a creator. Every time you see a snake, it reminds you of the fall and Satan's coming destruction. That's why God did that to the snake. Uh, to communicate that message to us whenever we saw it. Hey guys, as you go through the rest of today, don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide of Sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Until we meet again at Jesus' feet. God be with you till we meet again. 
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.